Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello everyone, so good to be with you on Parenthood Friday. I hope you've had the most wonderful week. I want to get straight into today's episode, a topic that many of you have actually asked me to speak on before, and I wasn't sure whether to put it in Parenthood or like my Wednesday episodes, but I I thought I'd put it here. Um, and what I want to what I want to talk about is marriage. How do you keep a strong marriage while raising kids? And um, I just this is you know one of the most important things that we could be talking about when it comes to raising our kids. And so I'm going to do more than one episode on it um, because there is just you know so much to cover um, that one episode just can't do it justice. I, I might even just do a few, then have a break and do something else, and then come back to it. But we'll see how we go. All right, so you know. This might be a parent, uh, a parenting um, podcast on Fridays, but we really can't talk about parenting without also talking about marriage. Um, I just wanted to share with you to begin with something that I remember reading early on in our parenting journey that I have never, ever forgotten. And I want you to remember this also, no matter where you're at at your parenting journey. You might be at the beginning, might be somewhere in the middle. But it's still applicable to all of us. And I want you to remember this because it will help you to be determined not to let your marriage slide when you have kids. And that is the thing that I want you to know that I learned 20, 21 years ago when Georgia was born was that the best gift that you can give your kids is a good marriage. Let me say that again. Just let that sink into your spirit into your heart. The best gift you can give your kids is a good marriage. Now, I know this personally to be true because my parents' marriage ended when I was three. And I know what a profound effect that this had on me, not just as a child, but my entire life. No adult children from a divorced home ever says, oh, I, I wish for my kids what happened to me. I would be totally okay for my own marriage to end in divorce. No adult children from a divorced home ever says that, ever. Because we know the devastating impact that our parents' divorce had on us, and we would never wish that upon our own children. And that in itself serves as a huge reminder for all of us that a good marriage is a gift to our children. And a, a bad marriage, a dysfunctional marriage, a broken marriage, well, that becomes the opposite of a gift. It's actually a loss in a child's life. And like I said, not just for while they're a child, but for a lifetime. Um, now, it's really understandable and normal for parents to get really caught up, you know, in parenting. Um, in parenting their baby or their children, even as they grow. And it's easy to forget to tend to your spouse, to your partner. Um, but in that process, what we have to realize is that we are forgetting to give the focus to the one thing 
that actually matters most to our kids. We want the best for our kids and then we ignore the thing that is best for them, which is our marriage. So um, let me just step for a moment into the into the biblical um, background and significance because those of us with a biblical worldview, of course, see the importance of marriage in the Bible. But if God reiterates something to the degree that he reiterates marriage, then we know that it's very, very, very important to him. And therefore, it must be best. Um, it must be what is best for us. And you know, you guys would have heard me if you've been journeying with me for a while on the podcast, you would have heard me say that if there's a pattern or something, you know, the, all of the things in the Bible, the Lord wants us, to, even if we are not people who believe in God, there is wisdom in everything that he says. And whatever way God wants us to live, whether we believe in him or not, that those principles, those values, those things are the best way for us to live our life, whether we believe in God or not. But let's just look at the Bible because interestingly, the Bible begins with a marriage of Adam and Eve, and then the relationship between God and his people Israel is described as a marriage in the Old Testament. Then in the New Testament, we see a lot of things described in familial terms, father, fatherhood, son, sonship. The description of the Godhead is described in familial terms, the father, the son, the Holy Spirit. Jesus' first miracle was performed at a wedding. The relationship of Christ to his church is described as a marriage. And then right at the end of the Bible, um, at the end of scripture in Revelation, we see that it ends with the marriage supper of the Lamb. And so marriage begins the Bible, marriage ends the Bible, marriage is all the way through, referred to all the way through the Bible. So it is so important to God. It is literally a cosmological key to meaning. Marriage and family bring meaning into our lives. And that's why there is so much brokenness when marriages fall apart. Now, if marriage is clearly part of God's plan, well, we know what the enemy is going to try and do. And boy, are we seeing this clearer than ever with this generation. What we're seeing is an attempt to separate what God has joined. God has joined us together clearly, man and woman, go forth and multiply to create a family. So the enemy's plan, therefore, is to separate what God has joined, to destroy what God has created. So we need to be more determined than ever to protect our marriages, to keep our families together. I'm going to share with you as much as I can from my personal journey, Cameron's on my personal journey, because I want to be able to help you guys. I'll probably get Cameron along at some stage as well. Um, But I really want to encourage you today that it is more than possible to have a great marriage and raise great kids all at the same time. Just remember, I had no example set before me and my greatest desire Even as a young girl, 10, 11, 12, you would always see me with dolls, with babies, with a pram. I just felt like I was literally born to be be a mum, to get married. Um, And as a young adult, my greatest desire was to create what I felt like I'd missed out on, to create what I did not have, which was a family who stayed together, a family who loved each other, a family who wanted to be with one another not just when they were little, the kids, but as we all got older. And that's what I've got. And I am so, so grateful. Um, Cameron and I have been married for 
we just hit 24 years this year, which is just like amazing to me considering where I've come from. So I want to share over probably a few episodes, different ways that we've done that and different things that we've done over the years and different principles that we've lived by. But if the first thing to know is that the greatest gift you can give your children is a good marriage, then the second thing is to know that, believe it or not, in the blink of an eye, your children will be grown and will be moving out. And guess what? You're going to be left staring at one another. And I want to ask you this question, how do you think you will feel when that day comes? That day might be 15 years away for you, 20 years away. It could be five years. It could be staring you you know, around the corner right now. But so many people drift apart in the raising of the kids' years. They get busy doing you know, life, nappy changes, school runs, carpooling to sports and music lessons and school graduation and working and paying the mortgage and all of those things. And after 10 or 15 years of that, you know, the kids suddenly don't need you as much anymore and you find yourself staring at this person that perhaps you no longer feel like you really know them or love them or have much in common with them except for the kids. But it doesn't have to be that way. The alternative is that you partner in life side by side as best friends the way that you started and you stay intentional. And instead, in 10 to 15 years when the kids don't need you as much, you look at your spouse and you realize how much you love them, how you're still best friends, how you're so glad that you just did all of that life, wonderful, messy life with them and how you really still love being together. And when the noise is quiet because the kids are all out or maybe they're moving out, you realize you absolutely love each other's company. Does that not sound like the notebook to you? That movie kind of love That is my favorite movie ever, 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 ever. I remember when Cameron first watched that movie. I think he watched it on a plane on the way back from one of his speaking trips. And I remember he called me and he could could barely get the sentence out. He was even tearing up on the phone. Don't tell him I'm telling you guys this. He's actually a real softy. And, um, And he said to me, babe, you have to watch this movie I just watched um, on the plane because it was so embarrassing. I wept my way through it. And so I watched the movie and I wept my way through it. And I remember saying to Cameron, that's going to be us. You know, at the end of the movie, they, they lay on the bed and they're holding hands and they just loved one another so much that they couldn't even be apart. And so they, they passed away at the, on the same night at the same time. I hope I didn't just do a spoiler for anyone that hasn't watched it. Oh my gosh. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Um, and I remember just like, babe, that's going to be us that we just can't bear to be apart. So we're going to join hands together and die together. And sometimes we say that in front of the kids and they're like, mom, dad, that's so dramatic. Um, But, you know, Cameron and I feel like we do love each other that much. But guess what? Let's be real. Because so far you're like, oh, Renee, it sounds like you've got the perfect life. No, let's be real. Sometimes he drives me bananas and I drive him bananas. I am feisty and strong. He is feisty and strong. We sometimes argue and like loud argue. And I find it hard to say sorry, but he's really good at that. And I remember when we first started working together, I literally thought I was going to lose my marbles. 
I'm like, oh my gosh, now I'm putting up with him all day at work and at home. How's this going to go? Um, and you know, I'm good for him in the workspace cause I'm more organized and we're just so different. We're so different, even down to things like I love reading and writing and he couldn't think of anything worse. And we are just so different, but we are just so also the same and we have the same values and we're so much on the same page and we just wouldn't have it any other way. So, you know, he's the love of my life and I'm his, but how the heck do we get there? Do you know what makes me absolutely tear up is when I see an old couple walking slowly down, you know, in the shops, in the mall or down the street together, holding hands. (laughs) Literally, I look at that and I'm like, oh my gosh. Or I remember seeing this Instagram reel or a TikTok or something a couple of weeks ago where this elderly couple that both lived in a nursing home had been apart for some time. I think one of them had been sick and they were reuniting them and they were so happy. Oh my gosh, it makes me tear up. They were so happy to see each other. They, they just, the way that they, I say ran towards one another, but you know, when you're like 90 something, it was more of a it was more of a very slow kind of walk than a run, but they, they, they shuffled towards one another and just hugged one another. And they were crying and weeping and going, I missed you. I missed you. And then there was this other one that I saw, see, I'm crying. See guys, I'm a sucker for good romance. I'm a sucker for old people that love each other. There was another one. I'll see if I can find it and maybe play it to you where, um, this, this old, uh, this elderly man um, on Valentine's Day would give the same gift to his wife and ask her to be his Valentine all over again, and was like, "You're my, you're my best Valentine." I and I don't know. They just declare it love for one another, and it just it totally makes me tear up. And then I send them to Cameron. He's like, "Stop," because then it makes him do the same. But seeing an old couple just walk slowly down the street together, and um, for me, you know, I think about new love, and then I think about old love. That's what I call it. New love might be spectacular and fireworks, and it makes us feel all giddy and it's exciting. Uh, but I think old love is far better. You know, the love that's gotten you through a lifetime that stayed strong through every mountain and every valley. If you end up with that kind of love, then you are blessed indeed. And that is my aim. Sometimes when I get really annoyed with Cameron or we're just, you know, going through a bit of a bad patch or, um, and I'll explain what I mean by bad patch. Cause for us, bad patch is probably not really a bad patch, but, um, you know, I always just think to myself, that is my aim in life. Like you'll get, you can get through anything if you're determined. So for the next few episodes, we are going to unpack what that looks like through every season. And, um, you know, cause it is different. It's different when the kids are really little compared to like now when my kids are all, you know, out of high school, one in high school, you know, the older two have got their own car and, you know, the different seasons bring different challenges. 
um, I think I'll bring Cameron on and we will chat about the three or four keys that we were given in our marriage counseling 24 years ago um, that we still now pass on to engaged couples to this day when we do marriage counseling because they have been foundational to our marriage. So I want to share those with you. So make sure you come along for that. I also want you to know that if you are struggling in your marriage right now, that that is also okay. I want you to know that there is always hope. Um, I was even thinking, I wonder if my mother-in-law would come on the podcast. Um, She's someone, her and my father-in-law have been married for like I can't even remember 50 something years. Um, and I just think she's been someone that's been incredible, even through some really tough times for them. So I might even get her to come along and, um, you know, it's always good to get wisdom from that next, uh, age group up. Um, I know for me, my Nana and my pa, they both lived to be well into their nineties and they were married for 68 years when my pa passed away. And I remember, let me just share this with you before we um, before we finish the episode. But I remember at my pa's funeral, I flew back to Adelaide and all of my family wanted me to speak at it, to do the eulogy. And so I did that. And um, my family, my extended family on that side are very, very close. There's a lot of cousins. And um, oh, that made me think about when my Nana passed away. Okay. No, too much. My nan is like, as you know, was one of my favorite people in my life. But when my pa passed away, because we've got like six male cousins and six female cousins. So all of my boy cousins carried the coffin for my pa. Oh my gosh, how beautiful is that? And then all, uh, this is like the third time I've cried. This is terrible. And then my, um, all of us girl cousins carried my nana, honor of my life. Anyway, when my, um, when my cousins brought my grandpa's casket to be lowered into the ground, I remember my Nana just sitting there. They bought a chair for her to sit and we did the little, you know, the ceremony bit where you throw the soil on it and the, the pastor did the little whatever. And, um, and then I remember that we were going to wait for him to be lowered down, but my Nana got up and she started like walking away. And so I'm like, Nana, are you okay? Thinking, you know, she must be devastated. She can't watch this part. They've been married for 68 years. And I'm like, how do you do that? How do you have the love of your life for that long? And then all of a sudden they're gone. But my Nana had a very strong faith in God. And I said to her, Nana, are you okay? She's like, yes. Um, I don't want to stay for that part because he's not there. I know where he is. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. What she was saying was, that might be his body, but I know that his soul is in heaven. His soul is with Jesus. And she was completely at peace with that. And I think her faith in God really helped her get through that. Oh my goodness, here I go again. Anyway, guys, this is terrible. Um, but for now, yes, yeah, so if you're struggling, <laughs> I want you to know there's always hope. Um, and yes, while it does take two people to be 
determined to see a marriage through. And I know for some of you, like my parents, um, you know, that, that they didn't last that lifetime in their marriage. And for some of you that that has not been your choice or you were in a marriage that perhaps, you know, was abusive. And my heart goes out to you because I know that that would not have been your choice for that to end. Um, and so I don't want anyone to feel condemned when I say that the best gift that you can give your children is marriage if your marriage hasn't worked out. Because the other thing that I want you to know is that um, if your children have come from a broken home like I did, that that can actually make them stronger and better people. As much as that had a profound effect upon me, I think that God has used that for the better in my life. I think I'm way more sensitive to people. I'm very empathetic. It's made me who I am and I wouldn't change a thing. So I want you to know that also. Okay, so I'm completely together now. (laughs) I paused to give myself a moment. Okay, for now. Let me leave you with my favorite opening line from any book I've ever read. And it just happens to be The Notebook, which is the movie I was talking about before. So let me leave you with the opener, which I just, when I read it, I was like, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever read. This is what the author says. I am nothing special of this, I am sure. I am a common man with common thoughts and I've led a common life. There are no monuments dedicated to me and my name will soon be forgotten, but I've loved another with all my heart and soul. And to me, this has always been enough. Isn't that beautiful? That's the words of Noah from the story of the notebook. Anyway, when I read that, I was like, yeah, it's a little bit long, but maybe that's what I have on my tombstone. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I feel like this episode has been really melancholy. Um, and I don't know, anyway, emotional. So um, now I feel like I need to be upbeat, but maybe I don't, I don't know. But anyway, guys, I'm really, um, I'm really glad to be doing these episodes with you. I feel like uh, you're really going to get a lot out of them. Um, and please feel free to share them with someone that you think that these episodes um, might help. So there you go. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have the most wonderful week and I will be back with you next Wednesday. And then of course, back again next Friday for the next um, parenthood episode. Until then, have a good one guys. Bye.